0: This is the morning sports desk for Monday, September 25th. All right, well, I got a lot of good news and I got a lot of bad news. So, what do you say we start with the good news first? Because, well, that happened first. Your Minnesota Twins are American League Central Champions for the first time since 2020. Yeah, man, that feels good. It's something that they should have got last year but didn't because of the complete meltdown that they had this year. They doubled down on that depth. They tried to make sure that what happened at the end of last year where everybody got hurt and the Twins had nobody to replace them, uh, they made sure that that didn't happen again. Sometimes to the chagrin of the of the youth, but most of the time to the benefit of allowing the twins to be able to have veterans throughout the lineup, helping the team out all season long. Guys like Kyle Farmer, guys like Donovan Solano, other uh, some of those other, uh, Michael A. Taylor, those wily vets, if you will, and. Also a good combination of youth movement with Ed Julian, with Matt Walner, most importantly, Royce Lewis. Uh, The Twins have gotten some help in that area as well. And of course, the pitching staff being one of the best in baseball. But the Twins are 2023 American League Central Champions. They clinched that on Friday night at home against the Angels. And the Twins clinched the division. All they needed to do was win. The magic number was at one coming into Friday's game and if they would have won it would have been the first time that the twins win the division or clinch the division at home with a win since 2009 and game 163 at the Metrodome so the first time in the target field era that that happened and the twins were able to do that uh, on Friday night with the win, and a couple things that we need to mention. One, Yuan Duran came in to get the save, and once again, Bally did not show Duran's awesome intro. Good thing people at the game took videos on their phone because it was awesome. Uh, again, the lights get dark. They, As Duran walks in, they have music, and, of course, all the big scoreboards, the brand-new scoreboards are like all kind of in sync as they play uh, this hype video. And everybody's got their phones out like they're at a concert. They got the flashlights on and they're all kind of waving them back and forth. Uh, it It's really cool if you haven't seen a video of it. Uh, and I don't know why Bally doesn't show it on television. I, don't, I, I guess they got ads to run. But, like, you can't figure out a way to show it once. It's really cool. Uh, anyway... Uh, and also, I was trying after the football game on Friday night that I was calling over on the super station. I had to come back to the station and I was uh, trying to watch it on my phone because I wanted to see it. Uh, the Twins clinched the division, and Bally's app kept crashing. So, needless to say, this is going to be the final season that the Minnesota Twins have their games on Bally Sports North. And good, good. I'm ready for that ready for them to move on and find some other way to put their games on the air because the way that they've been doing it uh, has not been good. Uh, Not been good for the last few years now. Anyway, uh, the Twins clinched the division. They are officially going to make the postseason and more importantly, uh, they're going to have a home game because as things stand right now, the Twins are, it's almost a lock. It's not a mathematically clinched, but it's basically clinched that they're going to be the number three seed. So the top two seeds in each league get a first round bye. The three seed plays the six seed, lowest wild card team, and the four and five seeds will play each other. Uh, that is how. That's how the playoffs are going to shake out here uh, since last year is when they, when they reorganized the playoff format. So the Twins are going to host the worst wildcard team. If the season ended today, the Twins would have a three-game series, all three games at home, best two out of three, against the Houston Astros. A rematch of 2020, uh, but you know, not necessarily maybe the team I would want to play in terms of just past experience because of the team team Wanting to uh, the team being really good at winning in the postseason, but also uh, in terms of the team, other teams they could play like the Texas Rangers, the Seattle Mariners, or the Toronto Blue Jays. Uh, I think that actually might be the most advantageous when you consider the pitching staffs of all those teams. I think Houston has the weaker one of the of the of the unit. But either way, we'll have a bunch of time to talk about that. And maybe when Corey comes in tomorrow, we can uh, really dive deep into the Minnesota Twins. But one last thing I will say is that the Homer Hankies are back. 2023 Homer Hanky has been revealed over the weekend. The hanky features the words, we believe, and will be given to each fan that enters Target Field for every Twins home game in the postseason, or you can buy them for $4 at the team store at Target Field, or you can go to the Star Tribune's website and buy your Homer hanky there. A portion of the proceeds from each sale will go to the Twins Community Fund, and one interesting note is that the Homer hankies are red just like they were in 2019. Now, in 2019, they were more of a towel than like a hanky. It was the thicker material, but now it's looking like a hanky again, but they're red. And if you remember, if you had a homer hanky from earlier Twins playoff runs, they were white. Now, the reason is Major League Baseball banned white, uh, they banned white homer hankies uh, because I guess they say it's distracting when the white ball goes through the sea of white towels and, Whatever. I digress. Can you tell I want to talk more about the Twins than talk about the the Gophers right now? Because, yeesh. Yuck. Yuck. The worst loss of the P.J. Fleck era. The worst loss. I know Bowling Green a couple years ago was pretty bad. I know Purdue last year was also bad on homecoming. But, man... Northwestern is at the lowest point in their program's history, or one of the lowest points. Northwestern has been a continuously bad football program. Their coach got fired a week before training camp for a hazing incident. Their locker room is in shambles. They were 0-2, and you lost to them after you were up 21 points? PJ, what are you doing? Why? PJ Fleck is basically just skinny Jerry Kill that talks faster. That's basically what I've gotten to at this point. The way he in-game coaches is ridiculous. With some of these, he's too cautious. He, I mean, I get the whole "we're Minnesota, pair and a spare." You got to run the football. That's fine, but also, when you get to the second half, you can't run the ball literally every play. And that's the thing with PJ and with this. I think he, I. I don't know. I don't know what he does. I think he's trying to protect his quarterback. I think he's trying to do all this stuff. I think it's the same Mike Zimmer defensive. Like, well, I don't care how much we win by. I know we're the better team. So if we just get in get out and win the game, who cares? But you lost. And P.J. Fleck played the second half in which they were up, but they only scored one touchdown for the rest of regulation, and they got a field goal in overtime because he coached scared, and he coached just to hang on and win the game. That's coaching to not lose. And I said the same thing of Mike Zimmer in his last season in Minnesota. When you play games to not lose, you end up losing. You just do. I don't know what the math is on that, but you just lose. And that's not good. The, the Gophers had no business losing that game. They somehow found a way to do that. Uh, poor clock management, poor special teams. Uh, there's just a lot that went wrong in that gopher game, uh, including a touchback in the end zone that did not go well for them as well. So, I mean, really, uh, really it's not ideal in that situation. And, uh, I got Corey Tackman sitting right behind me. You got something you want to add, Corey, while, uh, while you come in the studio? I, I'm going to take the blame for this weekend. Uh, halftime of the Gophers game, I actually said out loud to myself, Twins win the division on a Friday. The Gophers are up by $11 over Northwestern at halftime. The Vikings are going to get their first win on Sunday. What a fun Minnesota sports weekend this is going to turn into. My apologies. I couldn't have been more wrong. I take all the blame. That's a full-on announcer's jinx uh, by Corey. There, I might add. So you can direct your hate mail up to the uh, up to the up to the radio station here if you want to blame him for that one. Uh, yeah, Gophers lost, embarrassing loss, embarrassing. The worst loss of the PJ Fleck era. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the the Gophers are two and two. Any kind of positive momentum is is gone with that Gophers season because the Gophers already came into the year with the third toughest schedule. In FBS football, this was supposed to be the gimme win. This was supposed to be the gimme when you're going through the season and you're like, okay, well, we'll probably lose to this team. I think we can beat that team. I think we'll be this record by the end of the year. Like, that was the win. That was a circle win team, and you lost to them. You have Ohio State, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin on your schedule. Those are all like, and you lose to Northwestern. Good job, man. And that gets us to the peace day resistance. I got the positive stuff out of the way with the Twins, so I'm not all negative this morning. A Minnesota sports is in a good spot with the Twins, but the Vikings, man. The Vikings, man. That defense is atrocious, and I don't even think it's coaching. I know Brian Flores is the new defensive coordinator, and Ed Donatel was a bad D coordinator. I don't like his style of defense. I love Brian Flores' style of defense. I really do. But there's just there's no good players on this team, man. There's no good players on this defense. Daniel Hunter is good. Harrison Smith is still good. Uh, nobody else is good. Ivan Pace, the undrafted rookie, is having a nice little season. But when you have an undrafted rookie at linebacker come in and immediately get the starting job, what does that say about the rest of your team? That a guy who couldn't get drafted this year, and is a rookie, steps in, and is one of your best defenders. What does it say about your team that you can't stop anybody? Justin Herbert had the game of his life yesterday. He only had seven incompletions all game, and he threw the ball over 40 times. Not good. Not good. The defense stinks, and it doesn't leave any room for error for the offense. But the offense doesn't matter. They're going to keep turning the ball over the Vikings already have like 10 turnovers through three weeks it's it's just atrocious uh, awful awful football uh I'm I'm just kind of venting getting some stuff off my chest but uh TJ Hawkinson had two different uh, plays lead to turnovers Alexander Madison had another fumble. Uh, any way you slice it, it was bad. And again, the piece day resistance to this entire thing is the Vikings still, outside of all of these mistakes, outside of all of the errors, were still in a position to win the game as they were in each of the first three weeks, and they just lost. Remember that team last year that was cool under pressure and was doing all the things right? This team just isn't it. It's why you can't carry momentum over from one season to another, because things just tend to happen. And this isn't bad luck. Last year wasn't good luck. Last year the Vikings did create their own luck in a way, and this year they're creating their own bad luck. Um, I don't know why Kirk Cousins didn't clock the ball, didn't spike it in the final 14 seconds of the game. They let 20 seconds of clock drip off trying to run a play. Uh, Kirk Cousins couldn't hear O'Connell in the headset, and they wasted a bunch of time. They panicked, ran a play, and it got tipped off and intercepted. Now, Hawkinson still should have caught that ball, but the Vikings were all out of sorts. And why don't you just clock that ball? Why? The Vikings did it right before halftime too. Why are you not doing that? Why does why does this team look so sporadic and why does it look like why does it just look like a mess right now? And that's gonna be something we're gonna have to answer. But the one stat I'll leave you with here this morning is since the wild card era, only one team has made the playoffs since going 0-3, in the last 30 years, one team, the 2018 Houston Texans. Is it still possible that the Vikings make the playoffs? Uh, of course. But the Vikings essentially have to go uh, 10-4 and the rest of the season if they even want a chance. So they've been playing like one of the worst teams in the NFL, record-wise, and now they have to play like one of the best teams in the NFL for the rest of the season. That's going to be tricky. That's going to be tricky. This has been the Morning Sports Desk for Monday, September 25th.